This is the St. Louis Podcast Network. Freezing cold in Einstein, Tuesday. You're the cold maze, say one. Freezing cold in Einstein, Tuesday. All right. Thank you very much for joining us. You can find us in all your fun podcasting apps, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play Music, and Stitcher. Those are the big four, Alpine is what they call them, the big four. And the website, too. And the website as well, com. Just look up STL Happy Hour. Monday, July 29th, which means that we are only two days away from the Major League Baseball trading deadline. Trade deadline. Trading trade deadline. Yeah. You know this? Well, flash out of Fordham. They knocked in runs and scored them. The gas house gave I wonder what this was. The Redbirds were the rage. The wild horse of the Osage. And Paul and Dizzy were keeping them busy with heat and curves. I'm talking baseball. Horns, Behanes, and River Cardinal Baseball. This is from about 1982. They redid it in 2004. The same guy who did the song, but he did this song for like the Yankees and the Mets. Really? Yeah, he did it. I've and the never Dodgers. heard this before, ever. It's good. No, it's great. I, I've never heard this. Who, do you, who's the guy doing it? Do you have I don't a name? know the guy. Oh, uh, here, hang on. More pitching, walk a catching. St. Louis was another Cooper's town. Rookies of the year. Bill and Wally started here. Rock on the run, the Cardinals won, and we're panning bound. I'm talking baseball. Javier and Carlton, Cardinal Bay. Got him, Terry Cashman. Terry Cashman? Boyer Grove and Kurt McCarver, too. Cepeda was an MVP, it's true. I'm talking baseball. You're on one. Baseball in St. Louis. So, okay, how long have you known about this oh, song? Oh, it came out for, during the strike of 1981. Have you known about it this long? I've known about it for 20 years. Where did you hear it the first time? Like, they don't play this at the stadium, right? Ever. Um, I... Probably J.C. Corcoran show. It's unique, to say the least. Yeah. I've ne- I can't believe I've never heard it though. I have all kinds of fun stuff here. Uh, let's see here. New names join the old. Another team unfolds. The cars look mighty. They're managed by Whitey, so let's play ball. So does it? It goes all the way up to like the eighties. Then that's yeah. what it's all talking about. That's pretty good. That's a winner. A world this is called Sold on St. Louis. And who does this? Oh, this feels so 80s. Oh, yeah. 
This is 1987. I feel like Don Johnson should be walking around. Right. So, you know, the, the current slogan of St. Louis is like, St. Lou is all within reach. It's like, yeah. But it's like yeah, St. Yeah. Louis. Yeah. But St. Lou is. Yeah. Well, sold on St. Louis was the Chamber of Commerce slogan for St. Louis before God, I St. No Louis. About any of this stuff. That's so weird. Uh, here's this. Is this another 80s thing? This is 2098. Uh, born today in St. Louis. Hey, I am Sammy Sosa. I'm a guy. He is the man. This was probably done by... The gentleman's deceased now. His name is Craig Cornett. He was on Y98 FM. Oh, yeah. I had no idea he passed away. In the summer of 98, whole world stops to see. Oh, my God. This man chasing history. He did it. A grand slam. McGuire with number one. Good job. Big back has done it again. All right. We got to be honest. This is super. Um, what would you call this? Not kitschy, but it's super hokey. Hokey is the perfect word. Yes, it's absolutely hokey. Really, it's really sappy, like in a like a sappy sports way. The song is called "Calling Air Traffic Control" because it was after Jack Buck's home run call. Uh-huh. Calling Air Traffic Control, McGuire or Flight McGuire heading for Planet Maris. Wow. I don't know if you know this one. Who let the cards out? Who let the cards out? This is Channel 5 that did this. Are there dancing anchors and reporters? Yes. yes. Of course there is. I got to be honest. Uh, if somebody worked in television, I don't think I would have participated in one of these videos. Are they doing like some dance together right now? This is one of my favorites. Not this one. This, this one coming up. Awful. God, it's so bad. Awful. This one's good. And it's what they rhyme La Russa with. Okay? So just listen for that. Tony La Russa. Just listen to what they rhyme La Russa with. So bad. Squeezes out the wind like an automatic juicer. It's so bad. I feel like that's like oddly like a racist song because like, it's like they're like just doing the stereotype. You know what I mean? Like La Russa. Yeah. It feels weird. Who made that one? That wasn't Channel 5, right? Oh it, was either, it was either Craig Cornett or Channel 5. All these were either Craig Cornett or Channel 5. Now, this was done by a guy named, by a guy named Casey Van Allen. He, he worked at KMOX slash KHTR back in the 80s. Okay. And you, probably don't, you probably don't remember KHTR. KHTR was on 103.3, mm-hmm. and it was Hit Radio 103. Yeah, no. Here's Prince. What would it, oh, it would have been like Y98 yeah. type of stuff? Uh, more like IC 1077. Oh, modern back then, yeah. yeah. 
So what they would do is they would take the real song and then they would find like little pauses in the song and paste in little clips and stuff. Okay. But you got to remember. Okay, I'm going to pause this so I can talk real quick. They didn't have digital audio, digital audio editing back then. It was just like tape to tape. Taped and they'd, everything was spliced together. Yeah, which was a lot more work than it is. I now. mean, this this would have taken days. Yeah, if not weeks to put together. Yeah. FM in St. Louis, 103 KHTR. There's some great stories that unfold in this world of baseball. We may be part of yet another. A double steal. There's Ken Wilson. It's deep to the track. It's gone. Tommy Herr hits a two-run homer. The Cardinals pull off another miracle. Wow. It's also 80s, man. I feel like we're doing a Y98 segment right now. Y98FM. <laughs> so it's cool to hear Jack Buck. Yeah. It's cool to hear how young Mike Shannon sounded. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy to think that, I mean, you know, Jack's obviously gone, and Jesus, I mean, Joe's been doing it forever, and now you got Mike Shannon coming to the end of the road in terms of uh, broadcasting. It's pretty wild, man. It's nostalgic. I mean, we definitely lost any listeners that are, like, born after, like, 1989. Oh, yeah. But. Come back. Yeah. It's nostalgic. Okay. So, in my nerddom, I figured this out years and years ago. These are two separate tracks. I've never merged these. I've never actually merged these together, so i got to start two decks at the same time. Okay. My keys aren't assigned, so I can't start them exactly at the same time, so i got to start this here. Albert digs back in. Open stance. Deep in the box. Bends at the end. Knee. Holds it down on the end. Lick is ready. With two on and two out. one kick. It's done. Just the way that lays out, yeah, it laid out perfectly. Yeah, on top of the natural theme, you know what that is? Feel the dreams, isn't it? No, natural, natural. Yeah, but do you, but do you know what the call is? Mm-mm. Okay. I know it's Albert, but I don't know which one it is. I'll turn it back up again. I'll just, I'll just play this by itself. Albert kicks back in, open stance, deep in the box, bends at the uh, knee, holds it down on the end. Lig is ready. With two on and two out. It's 0-1 pitch. It's coming. Swing and a long one. There it is, baby. 
the Cardinals take the lead as Albert Pujols comes through in the pit. And the Redbirds lead this baby 5-4. to four. What I tell you, folks, David Eckstein, the man, this could be a crushing blow, a crushing blow to the Houston Club. Albert Pujols, you talk about the most valuable player. How is that? Is that 04? You didn't hear him say Lidge is ready. Well, I heard Houston at the end. I didn't hear no. Lidge. No. Yeah, there was Lidge at the beginning. He says yeah. Lidge is ready. Isn't it crazy how old the audio sounds just from, what, 15 years ago? Yeah. I mean, that's not your computer. That's that's just how old radio sounded just 15 years ago. It's just a, just a bad recording. Oh, I don't know, man. I think AM's just tough sometimes. I think nowadays, like when you listen to KMOX, it's incredible. Here's it's so Tom crucial. Here's Tom Brenneman's call of that home run. Over the pool. In the air, left field, and Pools has given St. Louis the lead. A dramatic, towering three-run home run. Stunned in disbelief here in Houston. A single by Eckstein, a walk to Edmonds, and how about Albert Pools? I'll tell you what, Brad Lidge never recovered after that. Never did. It's kind of crazy. I don't think it was so much the home run, but it was the flight to St. Louis afterwards yeah. when Lance Berkman went up to him and said, hey, I think Blue Holes' home run just passed us. Oh, man. That's <laughs> tough. That's tough for a closer. Oh, man. That's tough. So here's so here and here's why we're doing it because you know it's it's trade deadline talk and there's no more non waiver deadline waiver deadline it's just one deadline right which I kind of like so for people uh, who may not understand prior to this year you used to have a trade deadline normally around like the last day of July first day of August and then after that they could have a uh, another essential deadline kind of yeah a waiver deadline where if you wanted to trade somebody they had to be put on waivers first to see if anybody else would claim them and then they could complete the trade it had to be on waivers for 24 hours so like the cardinals didn't they get larry walker like that and that they did they did okay that's how they got Larry. so i mean you know sometimes you find a gem a lot of times there's not a lot of great stuff but this time it's a hard steady line where uh when the trade deadline's up trade deadline's up now in terms of the cardinals first and foremost let's see i i had a bunch of questions i wanted to ask you the first one i'm gonna start with if you were uh, John Mosellock, would you be a buyer or a seller this year where we sit right now? Or do you stay pat? They're in a really weird spot. They're in a super weird spot. They're in a spot that they've been in many, many times before in the past three years. Yes. And, has, and, and while it is, yes, it is a weird spot because the NL Central is so bad. Mm-hmm. Because if they were in any other if they were in any other division, like if they were in the NL West, they would be five and a half games back in the East. They would be oh god, it's like 15, thir- thirteen yeah, games, thirteen games back in the West. Yeah, would not even be talking about. They're it. tied for first. Right, that's how bad the NL Central is. It's how bad the NL Central is. So right. right now, I mean, we're in first place. What's you know what's the problem? Well, right. you're not a very good baseball team. That's what I keep saying to people, and I and I. And I don't, <clears throat> I don't like to do that because then you're like contrarian guy or you're the guy who's like always talking trash about your home team, you know, because they're not winning every year. I just feel like they're not that good of a team. Like, tell me who they're, if you had to win one game, who the starting pitcher is. Like Jack, uh, maybe Flaherty, maybe, maybe Miles Michaelis. Maybe, maybe. I like the, I like the, the coolness of, uh, Michaelis, of Michaelis, yeah. I mean, what about like, and then you got a closing situation. You have no idea what the hell is going on with the closing situation. You cannot count on Carlos Martinez. I mean, he's never been someone you could be like holding accountable because he's he's one day he's amazing, the next day he can't pitch at all. No, you can't. Yeah, the closing situation is tough as well. That's not. And even then there's about always, the and then there's always the 
you know, what do we do with the with the guy making millions who can't perform, i.e. Andrew Miller? Mm-hmm. Where's he fit in the postseason? Fortunately, it's only a two-year deal, so at the end of it... You know. No, but I'm talking. But if they make the postseason, do you use them in the postseason? Because sure. every Absolutely. year, I mean, who, where was where was Shelby Miller in 2013? Where was uh, in 2014? Who was the odd man out? Uh, there they had an extra roster player because somebody was was had a contract and they needed a pitcher and someone didn't pitch. Well, I, don't, just... I don't remember the exact situations. It's a tough way to go. Now, the big talk right now. Is the big, is he a left-hander? Yeah. The big left-hander from the Mets. Thor. Thor. Noah Syndergaard. So. Now, I'm the conductor of the get the Noah Syndergaard, or I'm the conductor of the train to get Noah Syndergaard to St. Louis. Choo, choo. And. <laughs> Here's what they want. They want, they want a top 30 prospect. And uh, and and a and a member of the of the forty man roster. So that means you trade you're you're trading Nolan Gorman. Okay. Okay. Rank number twenty eight. He's number twenty eight in all the baseball. Okay. On prospects. Okay. In my thinking, so I went back five years. And I said, who were the top thirty prospects in twenty fourteen? Mm-hmm. And my argument is that. You absolutely trade your prospect for Noah Syndergaard because yes. you have him under control for three more years. Plus, you always trade for a proven commodity. Absolutely. A prospect is a prospect. Exactly. Now, mm-hmm. granted, you know, it might turn into something. The number one prospect, in tw- and I'm going to go through this list quickly just because it will be dreadfully boring if we don't. Number one, Brian Buxton. Okay. Who's that? He's an outfielder currently, I believe, for the Twins. He's okay. He's still with the Twins, but he's not that. Uh, number two, Xander Bogarts. Mm-hmm. Number three, Addison Russell. Number four, Carlos Carrera. Number five, Oscar Tavares. And who are all these people? These are the top 30 prospects from 2014. Okay. All right? Okay. So let's go back five years because yeah. I was thinking, trying to think of names that you would recognize today sure. who were prospects back in you 2014. some decent ones so far. Francisco Lindor. Mm-hmm. Javier Baez. Yeah. Miguel Sano. Still in the league? Yes. Twins. Archie Bradley. Arizona. Arizona. Kyle Zimmer. Mm-hmm. Royals, Mark Appel, mm. Houston, Jonathan Gray, don't know him, Mm-mm. Gregory Polanco, Julio Urias, U-R-I-A-S. Yeah, he was a pitcher for the Dodgers. Yeah. Chris Bryant. Heard of him. Taiwan Walker. Mm-hmm. Eddie Butler. Corey yeah. Seager. George Springer. Tyler Glasnow. Lucas Giolito. Raul Mondesi. Kevin Gaussman, Noah Syndergaard, Brandon Shipley, George Soler, Jameis Intellion, Alberto Lamara. I got to be honest; these are all really Robert good Robert Stevenson, players. Aaron Sanchez. These are all really good players. So it kind of this goes article, against the argument. It does go against the argument that those are the top thirty. That was written July seventh, twenty fifteen. Those are all really good players, for real. Those are. I mean, I. I <clears throat> I, I always think of it like this. You deal for what you need. So, like, uh, the Cardinals have a starting pitching problem and a pretty major one that nobody seems to want to really address, which is fine. But you have to have someone there because, I mean, honest to God, you know Michael Waka. Everyone agrees, right, that that's over. Can we be done with the Michael Waka experiment? 
I understand that 2013 was magical, but it was quite it was quite magical. I think it's time to move on from that little experiment. And I mean, outside of that, you have Jack Flaherty, who while he's pitched pretty well, he hasn't won a game since May. Miles Michaelis is still trying to kind of put it together and probably will, but right now doesn't really have it. And then what else do you have? You have an Adam Adam Wainwright who's thirty eight years old or gonna be thirty eight years old? What do you have going on there? I don't I don't understand. People say Alex Reyes since like they'd stop that. The guy's been hurt literally it's, his entire career. It's that's just no go. Carlos Martinez, we've already put in the bullpen because his arm can't stay healthy. What do you I don't I don't you see you need a pitcher. And he's a valuable pitcher out there. I've also heard Zach Granke, and I've also heard uh who's the other one for them? Robbie Ray. I'd be fine with any of the three. Now, for people that get pissed off... And by the way, sorry, those were all prospects from, 20, from 2015. Oh, sorry. okay. So, like, people have talked about, like, why they hate the Zach Granke idea. And I understand the contract. I am not blind to the fact that the contract is really big. Real but big. But, for the record, for the record, his best records of baseball have been the last seven years. Like, he's played really good the last seven years. So, like, he's been as good as he's going to get. Like, I don't have a problem with him, though. Like, the dude's ERA is 3.36. That's his whole career. The only problem is he is getting paid big money. Like, $24 million or something. It's pretty big money. Yeah, real big money. Pretty big contract. I mean... I don't know, but who do you trade? Who do you trade from the Cardinals? Off the 40-man? Yeah, off the 40-man. I mean, that you could legitimately actually get rid of. I can't get my mic in the right place today. Uh, Cardinals, 40-man roster. Like, I mean, sure, people are like, yeah, trade Bader, but who wants Harrison Bader right now? No disrespect Nobody to has Bader. any trade value. Matt Carpenter, again, what is your trade hurt, value there? He's hurt, him. and you owe him two years, $40 million. Do you try and get something for... Dexter Fowler, nobody's going to take that contract. Marcelo Zuna. I don't know. I've, uh, everything says that he wants to sign here. So I mean, I, what do you go with? Do you throw? I mean, the, the hot hand, Giovanni Gallegos. No, you can't. I think that's one of the guys you can't touch now. Like you have to hold on. Has the, he's the most trade value. He's your possibility of your only closer right now. Like legit closer, guy who can come in in high pressure situations and really shut it down. Tommy Edmond has value. Maybe, but for what? Yarrow Munoz has value. I, would, I mean, not for, well, if, if, you, if you package Tommy Edmond and Nolan Gorman in a package for Noah Syndergaard, I mean, the Mets are stupid not to say yes to that. Yeah, I guess. But like you said, they have them under control. So why not? I'm confused as to what the Mets are doing anyhow because they picked up Marcus Stroman, which is really so strange. That. Because it, either, it says one of two things. Either one, it says uh, we're going to let... It's actually, I could say three things. One, we're going to let Thor go, Noah Syndergaard, and we're going to just keep Stroman and have him be the face for the thing. That's one option. Option two is they're going to use him in a package to trade for more stuff because he's only under control for one more year. And then the third one would be that they're going to keep Syndergaard and DeGrom and Stroman and start trying to rebuild with pitching. So I don't know what option they're going to go. Noah Syndergaard, a former Rookie of the Year in 2015. He was an All-Star in 2016, finished 8th in the Cy Young of the American League and finished 19th in MVP voting uh, with the Mets. This year, he has his line as a season of 7-5 with a 4.33 ERA, 20 games pitched so far uh, with 126 innings, so he's going to eat some innings for you for sure. Uh, allowed 124 hits, uh, ERA plus... 
95, the, in his whip, whip, one, uh, whip, uh, 1.263. He's a good, he's a damn good pitcher. He's a damn good, and career numbers, 44 and 27. 162 game average, 14 and 9. Okay, so then you fix, let's say you get Syndergaard, and you fix your starting pitching, and then you kind of just kind of piecemeal together your your uh, relievers. Tell me what you do about a bat, because I don't know if you watched this weekend, but... The, ha- the Houston Astros proved that, I mean, if you have good pitching, you can shut the Cardinals down pretty damn easy. I mean, and, I mean, pretty easy. That's that's not news. Right. So, so I'm saying, who would you get? So then I said, and this is kind of what kind of blew my mind, was I said, I, I had again heard like people just talking about it, like the possibility of what about Charlie Blackman, right? Right. And you would have thought, I picked like Albert Pujols to come back to the Cardinals. People were so pissed off about because I put it on my Facebook. I'm like, if we could get a a mixture of Noah Syndergaard and Charlie Blackman or Robbie Ray and Charlie Blackman, I would consider this a positive trade deadline for the Cardinals, considering what they have to offer and what they're trying to fix. And people literally acted like it was the end of the world. But like, have you ever looked at his numbers at Blackman's numbers? People are like, oh, he's not that great. Blackman averages 26 home runs a year. Every year. He, he gets, he's a 26 home run, 78 RBI, 21 stolen bases, uh, 34 doubles. That's his average per year for since he's been playing, which is nine seasons. Why would we not want that? Because he makes $22 million a year. Right, but look what we're doing right now with the crap we got in the outfield right now. What is Dexter Fowler getting, 18? And he's producing half those numbers? I mean, literally half. I don't know. Literally half. I mean, what's it all matter really anyway? I mean, they're going to make whatever you know deals they make. My, my, is... I, my, my argument is to definitely is to, is to trade the prospect. Yeah. I, I would think, say so. Looking at the 2016. Now, that's you're talking in terms of Syndergaard, getting Syndergaard. That's correct. Would you trade or, any other options that you would trade him for, like legitimate options? Like, if they were like, oh, we want him for Zach Granke, you want to do that, right? I don't think so. Because he's been in the league for 16 years. and Yeah, I don't think you do that. I mean, yeah. Syndergaard's only been in, the, been in the league for five years. Right. He's still young. Still very young. Going to get a big contract at some point. He's going to be, and, and deservedly so. Yeah. You know, when you average 14 wins a season, right? You're gonna be, yeah. you deserve a huge contract. Yeah. Uh, not a lot of big names on the 2016 prospects. Um, Alex Reyes. Of course, still on there. Austin Meadows, yeah. just involved with the trade or involved with the trade last year. Yeah, uh, with uh, he, the uh, the uh, Pirates traded him to Tampa for Chris Archer. Yeah, that was a big old flop. Um, I never understood the fascination with Chris Archer either. I'd like to put that on the record. He had like literally a fifty fifty career. Yeah, and then like everybody was like, he's the best pitcher they've ever seen, and it's like the dude's got like a five ERA. What are you talking about? Aaron Judge is on this list at number twenty two. Yeah. These guys don't know shit. Cody Bellinger is on there. He's number uh, thirty two. Uh, who else is on here? And this is the twenty sixteen. Yeah, these prospects. are the twenty sixteen prospects. Not a lot of names that I recognize. Twenty fifteen had a lot of names. I'm was, not gonna that lie. Was, no, that was a lot was of names. Shocked. Maybe maybe it was a bad year to pick out. Yeah. He's a bad year. No, 2015 was stacked, though. It's a hell of a talent. What are some of your favorite blockbuster deals from trade deadlines over the years, either involving or not involving the Cardinals? Uh, I don't know. I was I was so effing happy when they picked up Matt Holiday. 
Do you remember when they picked up Matt Holiday? I honestly could not have been happier when that happened. It was a great, great I remember that. I was so excited about getting him. Because one, I enjoyed watching him with the Rockies. And then I thought, oh my God, the fact that he's going to be on the Cardinals in his prime, I was really stoked about that. I still still like that deal. Uh, I loved when we got Jim Edmonds. Do you remember that? Ken Bottenfield. Yeah. That was preseason, though. That was during spring training. Was it? I thought it was so. for. I thought it was a trade. I was just thinking trade. I'm sorry, I wasn't even thinking trade deadline. Just trades, yeah. I was just thinking trade. No, great trade. I just thought that was like such an awesome trade to get. I loved that trade. I thought that was so good. Do you I have remember, some? Uh, um, I mean, we'll never forget when the Cardinal traded Andy Van Slyke. I was heartbroken. Really? Oh my See, god, that's too old for me. I don't yep. remember it. Um. Oh, what about Madison Bumgarner? Uh, I don't think the Giants move him. I don't. I don't think. I don't think they would do it to the, to the clubhouse and to the fans. Plus, they're still trying to sell tickets. I don't understand that. He's kind of a. I mean, he's kind of Mr. Giant. Yeah, I don't. It'd see be it. like it'd be like the Yankees trading Derek Jeter. He also has a no trade clause with a bunch of teams, like the big boys, like no Yankees, no Dodgers, no none of that. Like he said no to all those areas, so they can't even trade him to certain areas. I don't think the Cardinals are a team he said no to, but he has said no. To a bunch of other teams. Which, talk about a baller move if you're an athlete. And you can be like, yeah, I'm so good. You have to pay me a ton of money. And by the way, you can't trade me to certain places. I would love my agent to do that. Uh, a Bleacher Report in an article released uh, today. Today? I oh, know January 29th. I don't care about that. I don't care about that at all, Alpina. It'd be a little dated. I don't care what you th- what you thought back in January. It'd be a little dated. A week before the Super Bowl. Crazy people. Stupid Googles. Anyway. Speaking of Super Bowl, are you doing... Do you do fantasy football? I've never asked you, actually. Um, I have done it for the past two years. Oh, so you have like a league you're in? I do. Really? Money yeah. league? Uh-huh. Okay. I think, it- I think this year, is, it's been 20 bucks. I think it's going up to 50 this year. How many people are in the league? 14. Holy crap, that's tough, man. 14 people in a league is really tough. And it's not so much the first or second round, it's like the subsequent rounds after that. Rounds 3, 4, 5 where you got to get really good and pick really good. Have you ever won? I did. I won the first year. Did you really? Yeah. Nice. I think I did. Nice. I think I did. Jesus, so what do you take home as a winner of a 14-person pool at 20 bucks per grand? Nice. No, 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 I'm sorry. No, I'm, what am I thinking of? Uh, that'd be two hundred eighty dollars. So I think I got two hundred bucks. Nice. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, I had a great team last year. Did you really? Up until about week twelve, all got hurt. No. One of my players got arrested. Nice. Which one? The running back from the Chiefs. Oh, uh, Cream Hunt. Cream Hunt. Mm. Mm mm mm. And I had Cami Nunu. Yeah. I had a great. I mean, seriously, a great. Will you will you play again this year? Yeah, I I, I like doing it. Same league. Uh huh. Did you start the league or did somebody? No, else? John Vaughn did. Oh, nice. The great John Vaughn, everybody. Nice, nice. Uh, how do I log in here to this? I mean, no one really cares about my fantasy team, but that's okay. Oh, it's fun to talk about. Nah, but it's that time of year. It is that time of year. I mean, the trade deadline thing, like, as much as I'd love to talk about it, it's like, I, I feel so underwhelmed with baseball's trade deadline. Like, we talked last time about the NBA trade deadline and how much better that was 
Now, again, this year was stupid crazy with the NBA trade deadline, but Major League Baseball always just seems to kind of like, I don't know, shit the bed in the trade deadline. It's like, oh, the Yankees picked up a third-string shortstop. So I prepared by only doing, like, I did, like, a couple of mock drafts. Yeah. Is this how I kind of... I've never done a mock draft. Just so I could kind of just have an idea of who I of who would probably be available. Sure. When I... When, when That's it was, actually really smart. When it was my turn to go. So I, I did do them, and I was actually pretty successful with it. Really? Um, sure, Le'Veon Bell apologized to all fantasy football players today. Goody, should he effed me last year. $50 league. He was my first player. I was the second pick. Yeah. I was the second pick, and I picked him, and, and I was both, like, guys, nailed it. Some twi- people on Twitter were just like, yeah, fuck you. Dude. For real, it cost me 50 bucks. It's not much, but it's 50 bucks. Not a fan of that. Rude. Yeah. Did you hear he got robbed by two girls he had a threesome with? Nice. Good for him. Yeah. And he the call, I don't know if you can ever find it. You probably actually could totally find it. The 911 call from Le'Veon Bell talking about the two women. And he was like, the operator's like, can you describe the women? And he's like trying to describe them. <laughs> two random people he had a three-way with. Good for him. Who else did I have? I'm trying to find. There's some. There's usually a a website that says, you know, who you should know, who the top 10. Let me try Googling that. Top 10 fantasy draft picks 2019. Yeah, I assume, how many, how, so my question is, how many leagues are you in? Uh, I know I'm in three this year. I'll be in three this year for sure. All that are cash. And then I'll probably do one. That's not like one with my dad and a couple buddies or whatever. I'd like to bring you in, but you sound like an effing ringer. So I'm not going to do that. Not really. Not really. All right. Who do they tell us to pick? Uh, I'll I'll go top 10 up to one. Okay. Okay. This is who they want us to pick. And it's not anything shocking. Yeah. Kyler Murray. That's number 10? Yes. So they think that, okay, wow, they're, that's expecting big stuff out of a rookie who's five foot ten. Ben Roethlisberger. Okay. And that's expecting big things out of a guy who's been in the league for 900 years. Yeah. Carson Wentz. It's all quarterbacks. Kimmy Kamenunu, Baker Mayfield, Matt Ryan, Andrew Luck, Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes. They got Deshaun Watson as the second best? Yes. I, I got to be honest, I'm not taking that. I'm not taking that. Oh, here's uh, that the Pat Mahomes picks? won me like four I'm sorry. leagues. I suck. I can't read anything. Those were the, those were the quarterbacks 2019. That's what I thought. Here are the running backs. I, I, I mean, I knew is those, it doing guys, overall? Is there overall? That's what I'm looking for. Um, that's what, that is what I'm looking for. Because I'm like, I, the quarterbacks are going to get you the most points, obviously. Obviously. But there's such a... I always say with fantasy football, like for anybody really paying attention, there's such a, a minute difference between like the number one quarterback in the league and like the 12th. So, like, I always just pick a decent quarterback, and then the right. rest is important. Like, I did great with with Cam Newton last year. Yeah, and he was, and he had a tough year last year. He did. So that just shows you, like, the difference between 1 and 11 or whatever isn't that big. It's huge. Huge, huge. Uh, still clicking around here, trying to find just a simple... Can, can someone just give me an effing simple list of who to draft? Okay, here we go. Maybe this one will work. Yes, I like this. I like this. All right. And this is from this year. I hope yes. From the, that would from, be good. No, this from, is for 2013. <laughs> <clears throat> from uh, July 22nd, 2019, from uh, CBS Sports Fantasy, uh, their top 10 uh, 2019 fantasy football draft prep uh, draft prep rankings breakdown from 10 to one. Uh, 
from uh, the your Pittsburgh Steelers wide receiver Juju Smith Schuster. I like that. I like that. He won me a lot of games last year. Uh, number nine, also from your Pittsburgh Steelers running back James Conner. Uh, it's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I don't know about nine. Number eight from your Arizona Cardinals running back David Johnson. It's coming off an injury riddled. Eh, maybe. From your Green Bay Packers, coming in at number seven, wide receiver Devontae Adams. God, I, I got to be honest. I, I, I would not have gone any of these routes yet. And this is the top ten going down. Yes. Going, so now we're down at number six. From your Atlanta Hawks. Not Atlanta Hawks. Atlanta Falcons. And the Hawks. They're birds. Wide receiver... Julio Jones. Oh, my God. Maybe. I I, I got to be honest. I'm not really. I don't know. Uh, from, your I'll be Houston, place. from your Houston Texans, wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins. Okay. Yeah. I'm fine with that. I like DeAndre. He's won me a lot of games. From your Carolina Panthers running back, Christian McCaffrey. They expect a lot out of him. I would yeah. pick him up. Uh, the case against if there's a case against McCaffrey centers around his lack of rushing touchdowns and the health of Cam Newton. Big deal. That is a big deal. Yeah, they give Newton, a lot of those. To Newton takes Newton. a big share of the Panthers' touchdowns each yep. year, yep. and that won't likely change unless unless this shoulder injury is more serious than we currently believe. But if Newton's injury is serious, running lanes could clog up for McCaffrey, and the offense may not get into scoring position as often. Yeah, from uh, your New Orleans Saints running back Alvin Kamara. Absolutely, absolutely, he's a stud. From your Dallas Cowboys running back, Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, Ezekiel's burnt me before, and to be honest with you, he could hold out. He could pull Lev Bell. I don't think he will because I don't know why he would. You know, make it six million. Obviously, you know why to draft him. Case against, if you're one of those owners who worries about backs breaking down, Elliott might scare you a little bit. He'll be 24 years old at the start of the season and the prime of his career, but the Cowboys have ridden him hard and put him away. He had 354 touches as a rookie and 381 in 15 games last year. In his suspension, shortened the season, he averaged 27 touches per game. It's a lot of exposure to big hits. Yeah. So who's number one? Was that two? That was number two. From your New York Giants, running back Saquon Barkley. Yeah, that's fair. I would pick Saquon. Although, honestly... Uh, but their offense is so bad. It sounds weird. I would totally pick Pat Mahomes number one if I had a number one pick. Because the dude is money. I mean, he threw for 50-some-odd touchdowns last year. And it would either be the biggest payoff or the worst decision ever. Yeah. What happened there? Um, I haven't even begin to think about who I would draft. I don't even know where, I don't even know where I'm, what position I'm drafting in yet. Yeah. I don't need to set all that stuff up yet. It's a little early for those kinds of things. But. I don't know, but it's I love fantasy football. As much as I have had a dislike for actual football, for a couple reasons. One, it just seems like the game's kind of like in this weird spot where like now that it's the end of Tom Brady and there's no more Peyton Manning. and I, I don't know. Like, Doesn't it seem like there's less exciting players now? Or I, I can't explain what it is. Like, there's less dynamic players. Like, there's great players out there. I'm not saying that. But doesn't it feel different than it did just, like, six, seven years ago when, like, football was, like, super effing exciting? Absolutely. And I don't know what that is. Like, maybe it's because I've grown older. I feel like a total old man saying that. Like, maybe it's because when I was 25, football meant more to me than right. it does now at 33 and a child and whatnot. But I don't know. Like, I, I don't <laughs> I'm know. I'm a man child. Like, I still love football. I still watch it every Sunday night, every Monday night, and I watch it on Sunday. I know. Sunday. I do, too. But I'm saying 
it's not as exciting to me. And I don't I, know why. And I'm not even the world's biggest football fan. Exactly. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. And I haven't. And I really have never have been. I, that's what I'm saying. That's why I can't understand why that's happened to me, though. Like I can't. Maybe it is the players, but maybe it's just me. It's probably just me. If you have the chance to draft Kareem Hunt, would you draft Kareem Hunt? Yes. Depends where, but yes. Only three running backs were more productive in terms of PPR fantasy points than Kareem Hunt during the first 28 weeks of his NFL career. His 525.4 PPR fantasy points between 2017 week one and 2018 week 11 trailed only Todd Gurley and Alvin Kamara. Yeah. It's, understa- it's understandable, therefore, that Hunt's prospective fantasy managers are tantalized by the prospect of him against emerging as a high-level starter with the Cleveland Browns. Well, plus, Baker Mayfield's going to toss him off a bunch of passes. A bunch of little five-yard little passes. Oh, you could get Baker and, and, and Kareem. Yeah. You I, might you might have a nice little seat. As long as you have the right, as long as you have the right backups in place. Yeah. They would the, be great backups. They would be great backups themselves. I mean, if you stole Mahomes first and took another running back or whatever, and then you did a Baker backup for Mahomes and a Kareem Hunt backup for your running back, that'd be pretty dope. I, I a lot of my friends play fantasy. I don't know if it'd be fun to actually sit here and like do like do like a mock draft as part of a podcast, or if that would just be boring as all get out. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. It would kind of. I mean, our sports nerds would like it, but our general public listening no. would be like, no, please they would don't not be a fan. Please don't. Yeah, they would not. Actually, be a what fan. we would do is we would do a little pre-roll at the beginning and saying, "All right, so between minute twenty right. and minute." One uh, one hour, ten minutes. I mean, because so far this first thirty minutes of this show has been all sports. So, yeah, but there's a lot going on. There is. It's a great time of year. It, it is, is a great a time, time of year. year. Right for the All Star Game, it just kind of it just kind of drops off and it slowly picks up. Yeah, slowly picks up and slowly picks up. I'm anxious to see what the Cardinals do yeah. uh, on the trade deadline. I'm ready. Which for is what in a couple days? It's uh, so today is Monday, July 29th. Looking at Wednesday? Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern. We'll know who the Cardinals have. Yep. Or got rid of. Or I'm going to guess. Or didn't they, do anything. I'm going to guess they do nothing. Well, you see. Doesn't that go against everything they said, though? Doesn't that go against everything you said? 2019 was the year. You bring in Paul Goldschmidt. You got Marcelo. They're Zuna in first place. Here. That's their argument. Right. I know, but you know they're not good. They know They have to know that, right? That if they played the Yankees right now. That they would get smashed. Is John Mazalok's job on the hot seat? Personally, in your eyes? If they don't make the playoffs again this year, yeah. How is it not? How is it not? And I hate the art. And I've always hated it. I don't like to pay for past performance on anything. So I don't like when anybody goes, well, look what he's done. No, it's not look what he's done. It's not. It's what can you do? Well, it's what have you done lately? It's been five years. It would be what? Five years, right? Four years without the playoffs. Correct, four? Four years. Four years without the playoffs? But even remember that even that team that won 100 games yeah, they in 2015, sucked. they, they sucked. Got, they got their ass kicked in the playoffs. They were the worst 100-win team I've ever seen in my life. Yes. So and I, I don't know how that's possible, but somehow the St. Louis Cardinals managed to do it. Well, and it's more along the lines of the people that have been given up and what we've gotten in return lately that makes me really concerned as to what the, what the trajectory of the Cardinals is. That's what my problem is. When you're giving away Luke Voigt for nothing. When you're giving away Oscar Mercado for nothing, like why are these players being just like thrown out there? I don't get it either. It makes no sense. I don't know. Hey, do you ever use FaceTime? Do you use your FaceTime? No, I I'm not a I'm not a Googly guy. I mean, sorry, not a not an Apple guy. 
Does it or does it not have FaceTime? Like you can't call your No. You can't do that? That's only Apple? I mean I can do a Google Hangout. What is that? Is that what that is? A FaceTime? Is a Google Hangout? Like if you went to call your wife right now, could you call her with like and talk to her face to face? If I use Facebook Messenger. Are you serious? Oh my god, I had no idea, I had no idea that, they, that they didn't do that. I just thought com- it was called it's something not, else. It's not compatible phone to like if you have an Android, you have a Gmail account. They make you they pretty much they, they make you have a Gmail account to have a Android phone. Huh. And then you that gives you access to Google Hangouts. That really disappoints me. I want to let you know that. You should be able to call Kelly face to face. I I call her on on the Facebook but it's the same thing. It works. Really? Yeah, it works just fine. Do you use that? If I'm out of town. Yeah. We did it with Baby E when we were in Hawaii. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know how we would have got through six days without seeing the kid. No idea. It was, it's it's the most useful. I love that. That's my favorite thing about cell phones now is the ability to actually, it's not even because it's a cell phone. It's to use the, like the FaceTime app. It's my favorite thing. Facebook Messenger. It works. Come on, we got to get you an Apple. It works. <laughs> You brought it up. Hawaii? Hawaii. Man, uh, God, okay, so I want to make sure to like encompass it properly for you because what was the first thing I said to you when I saw you today? You got to go to Hawaii. You got to go to Hawaii, man. So like, okay, let's just put First this- of all, hang on. Did you did you see Commander McGarrett? No. What is that? Who is that? Did you see Dano? Oh, are we doing uh, Hawaii 5 Yeah, Commander McGarrett. From- I did not see either of them, no. If I was a gay gentleman- You'd be there? I'd be there. That dude is a... Fox? Yeah, he is a good-looking man. I'll have to look him up. Yeah. I can't think of, I can't think of the actor's name who plays him. Anyway, go ahead. No, so Hawaii uh, was... Ev- First and foremost, I would say this. Uh, Hawaii was everything we wanted it to be and, Oh, Alex and O'Loughlin. I just remembered it. Oh, so the newest... Uh... Yeah, the newest... Okay, okay, yeah. the newest wife. I yeah. Think. Okay, yeah, I was the, thinking Tom Selleck and his. No, that was no, that was that was uh, Magnum PI. That was Magnum PI. That's right. That's yeah. right. Anyway, no. So uh, Hawaii is everything you want it to be in more, man. Like so, like for us, we had to travel essentially eleven hours each way. It was a ten-hour deal and then an hour layover. And you would think that nothing makes anything worth eleven hours of travel, and Hawaii does that. And we went to Kauai or Kauai, however people want to okay. pronounce it. I believe it's Kauai, <laughs> and we loved it, man. So Kauai is. 20% built up and 80% all still intact. So it's gorgeous. It's like a tropical rainforest, except with these beautiful condos on the outsides. And the beaches are so perfectly clear and clean. And the water is bright blue. And the weather is 85 degrees and most of the time no humidity. Except Lauren and I learned very quickly that in the month of July and August, they have like high humidity issues. Okay. It's the only time they do it. And we had no idea that our uh, condo did not have air conditioning except in the bedroom. Oh, well, that's so, so, well, I mean, at least you could sleep peacefully. <laughs> exactly. So I would. I, I went in there when we first got there and I was like, oh my God, we got to shut these windows and turn the air conditioning on. Because I figured maybe like a smoker was in the condo before and they just left the windows open. Nope. Uh, there's just an air condition in the, uh, there's a bedroom unit and it was, uh, it was crazy. So the bedroom would be like 60 degrees, but it would be 85 degrees and hundred percent humidity and choke your ass out. Like when you'd walk into the living room, <laughs> I'm not kidding, dude. Lauren and I would sit there and just sweat, like just sweat in the living room. Did your condo have a pool? Yeah. It's a great pool. Beautiful pool. Everything about Hawaii is, is so like, you kind of take your breath away kind of deal, man. They do a good job of keeping up, right? Yeah, like yeah. nothing. Nothing was really run down. 
No. Or look like it had been from the 70s. No, what I would tell you, though, about Kauai, not Maui, not Oahu, none of those other islands. What I will say about Kauai, because it's like the most uh, K-A-U-A-I. <laughs> what I'll say about that is because it's so underdeveloped. So, like, with there only being, like, 20% of it being utilized by people, um, it is. It's under... It's it's not like you're in a... I'm trying to think. You're not in a third world country in any way, shape, or form, but you are in an area that seems like it's not 100% caught up to the times. Because they have, like, a two-lane highway for the entire place. Yeah, I'm looking at it on here on Google Maps. First of all, it is if, if you're looking at uh, a map of Hawaii... It is the, of the five large islands. It is the northernmost. Yeah, it's the further, further, and it's and it's it's far, far away from like Honolulu mm-hmm. and um, Maui. Yeah, which is, I guess I assume is very commercialized. Those are yes, those are. This one is not at all. Like I'm not kidding. It's it's beautiful. It's like you're getting the opportunity of being in the rainforest, but there's still all the amenities of a. Of a first world country. What's your Wi-Fi password? Yeah, right. <laughs> the food yeah, there, see, the food there was amazing. I see the two lane road, and actually, it doesn't even go all the way around the island. Like, there's mm-hmm. a there's a state park yep. that blocks the road off, which I guess is probably covered by a volcano. Mm. Did you see any volcanoes? No, we went surfing. We went bodyboarding. How'd you do surfing? How big were the waves? We got up. Did you get up? Got up right away. Could not believe it. Could not believe it in my life. Lauren got up right away too. Really? Believe it? Yeah, yeah. Did they give? Did you take a little surfing lesson before you did it? <laughs> no, it was on. It, they showed us an iPad that showed how to do it, where you put your hands like uh, underneath your chest muscle, and instead of doing like a push up with your hands would be out like that, you would turn them like this way, and you'd grab the board, and then you'd literally push yourself up and turn your feet, and you'd have your dominant foot be the back one. It was honestly unbelievably easy. I could not believe it. Now, don't get me wrong; we weren't shredding waves. Right? Like, no, you're just running nice little waves. Yes, but we're getting up and we're riding them all the way into the into the beach. Yeah, it's crazy. Tried four times, got up four times. By the end of four times, as physically fit as I am, I thought I was going to die. What? Yeah, dude. Physically, it beats the shit out of you. Really? You, like surfer strength, surfer endurance is real. That's a real thing. That's real. No I, yeah, shit. I go to the gym four days a week and I literally was beat down. And you're starving by the, well. Think about it, you're fighting the waves the whole time while you're waiting, right? So you're like, you'd get you you paddle your way out there fighting each wave coming okay, in. That and, part would know, wear you out, yep, yes. And then you turn around, you you wait for the wave, you wait for the okay. wave. And then when your wave comes, you got to paddle, 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 and then get up and go, and you ride it all the way in. And then you got to turn around, paddle out back against okay. the waves. That so part, like, may, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> it'll it's physically a taxing thing, and again, I, I mean, I get it. I'm getting a little older, but it was it was physically oh, you're still taxing. in good shape. Yeah. Yeah, it was so much fun though, man. Oh my god! And our instructor, get this: born in Hawaii, born in Kauai. Literally, he goes, "I've lived twenty miles from where we're at right now my whole life." And I'm like, "God damn you! That's so jealous. It's so beautiful." And he's like, "Yeah." He's like, "Where are you guys from?" And we're like, "Oh, Missouri." And he's like, "My dad's from Sykeston." <laughs> what are the chances? <clears throat> like, what are the chances? And the dad was just like infatuated with Hawaii, and he moved out there and huh. started a life out there. A guy that uh, does some work for us here. He is kind of like he's like a like an electrical engineer kind of guy, mm. but he's real smart about lots of different stuff, like with networking and just fixing electronics. Like I can take him a, a laptop and he like rewire an, like an, an an outlet for me or, yeah. or the AC adapter. Mm. 
he figured out long ago that he could work half the year here and half the year in Hawaii. Perfect. And he has his he has his list of clients he works on with in Hawaii, and he has a list of clients he works on here, and Brilliant. he can and he can handle everybody remotely. Brilliant. No matter where he is. Like, I, I've never seen anything like this, man. Like, I honestly thought like California when you that like stretch of the PCH in Malibu, I thought like maybe that was heaven. And then you go to Kauai, at least. I can't speak for other parts of it, but Kauai itself was incredible. It was just life-altering, man. Like, we did the paddle boarding, and the it was just so awesome. The zip lining? Yeah. Zip lining was crazy awesome. Did you guys leave Kauai? No. No. We didn't have time. I mean, shit, we were only in Kauai, and we were only there for five days. Yep. And I'm not kidding you. We only got to do half the stuff we wanted to. Because, I mean, the di- everything takes forever, right? So it's like You're on a- island time. Well, not only that, but it's like, hey, you want to go do surf lessons? It's like, all right, well, that's at noon, and that's going to be two hours, and then it's like, you got to drive there, and you know, and you got to drive back. So, I mean, we, like, surfing took four hours, and then it was like, zip lining took four or five hours. So then, like, you eat up a chunk of your day. Is most of the population like within probably like within a half mile of the beach of the of the of the coast? Most of it is, but I will say that we took like the car, the Camaro, up into the mountain. Like I took a highway, like a one yeah. lane road, and I just kept going miles into the up up the hill. Yeah, and we got into some real remote areas to where I felt like I might not be able to get this Camaro back. You know what I mean? Like the roads were starting to get into rock. Yeah, and there were still people's houses up there. Here's a fun fact: I dare you to find a house on Kauai that you would live in for under a million dollars. I dare you. They're shacks, dude. Shacks. I mean, like, literally, aluminum roofing, aluminum roofing, and wood, wood surroundings, and they were charging seven hundred thousand dollars for these things. I'm sorry, what? Seven hundred thousand dollars, and you're talking like eight hundred square feet, man. One bedroom, one bath. I mean, you better be making some real cash if you want to live there, like real cash, or have been like been lucky. Kauai County, Hawaii. Like, Lauren and I started looking just for fun, being like, oh, I wonder what it would be like. Could we live here? Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. Here's a trailer. <laughs> Man, how it's much you want for the trailer? It's a trailer. Mm-hmm. It is $270,000. Yep. 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 I mean, and it's not even a nice trailer. I mean, it's a <laughs> shitty trailer. Yeah. Yeah. So instantly, Lauren and I thought, oh, well, we can never live here. So, like, we were looks, in a... It looks like, like there's some condos. That are yeah. reasonably priced, right? But it's two bed, two bed, two bath, one hundred twenty square feet. Where do you work? Where do you work on Kauai? Well, that was interesting to me. I have no idea where people work in Kauai. Like yeah. honestly, not yeah, that it could afford to, to live there. They have to hop the plane. But they they must they must go work on one on one of the bigger islands. I also realized that everyone I talked to had roommates. Everyone I talked to had roommates. That would make sense as well. It's like New York City. Yeah. Everyone literally like we had these zipline guys that we were talking to, and oh, I'm hang like, on. here's the problem. I had a I had some. Uh, I had some uh, filters on my Zillow. Let's take that off. Oh, God. Like, we saw a house on the water that we thought was incredible, and we like were like, oh, we're going to look it up. $3.9 million, 1,600 square feet. I will say it was on... Th- so, Poipu Beach, P-O-I-P-O-U, Poipu Beach, is like the most beautiful beach I've ever seen in my life. Ever. It's incredible. Like I would, I would tell anyone if you if you're gonna spend three grand to go to Mexico, just buck up and pay five grand and go to Hawaii. Like, just, really? Yeah, dude. If you're gonna do it, like, do it the right way. 
Because I'll never forget Hawaii. I'll never forget it. Ever. It's it so cool. I would I would highly recommend it to literally anyone. And say if you're gonna if you know if you're gonna spend money, do it. And enjoy it. Because it's so cool. Oh my god. Looking at the housing. It's gross, ain't it? Six bedrooms. Nice. Eight bath. Nice. Ten thousand three hundred and twenty square uh, square feet. Uh-huh. It is called the Point of uh, Anini Vista. Okay. Offers a rare combination of elegant contemporary design with Hawaiian sensibility and indoor-outdoor living. Situated on a magnificent bluff high above the beaches and lagoons of Anini on Kauai's south north shore, this location offers sweeping views in almost every direction. Watch the sunrise over Kilauea Lighthouse and Secret Beach. View the world-class waves and sands of Kalahawai Bay. See humpback whales. Migrating with their newborns and catch what? the sun setting over a Nini Reef in the famed Bali High. Okay. Designed by Gary Toby and Stephen Devery, the point was built with the pod compound design, including four to ceiling windows and sliding doors, lush landscaping, and incredible views from nearly every room. John Alpina Sander, what is your bed? And it was eight, eight bedrooms? Six, Six bedrooms. Six bed, eight, eight baths. Bath. Uh, $20 million? I don't even know. I honestly have no idea. I mean, because I have no you idea. Would pro- yeah, it, it's $33 million. $33 million. There you go. You can live there for $33 million. That's what I'm saying. Do you know how much money you'd have to have to live there? You, you wouldn't You wouldn't have to work. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Well, anybody, who, anybody who can afford a $33 million house doesn't have to really work. No. Yeah. Oh. But Jesus, this place is beautiful. Yeah, I mean, dude. Holy you've never shit. seen anything like it. Poipu Beach, look that up. That's incredible, man. How do you spell that? P O I P O U. Poipu Beach. P O I P O U. That's where we learned how to surf, and it was incredible, man. Oh, would you look at that? Yeah, beautiful. So then, like, we met these. Uh, we met this guy who runs a surf shop down there, a local, and we started talking to him, and he was like, "What I thought was so great about everyone in Hawaii was it's really the best beach in the United States." It is the best beach. I believe it. I'm looking at it. It's beautiful. So, no, I'm, talk- no, so I'm talking to this guy. He's got like the surf shack. And I'm like, man, I'm like, how is it? And the guy's like in his late 40s, early 50s. And he goes, oh, I love it, man. You know, I've lived here my whole life. I lived in Northern California for one year. And then he's like, I had enough of that and came back. And I'm like, wow, yeah, that's awesome. And he's like, I was like, so like, he's like, he had five kids. He had five boys. And they're all grown up now and gone or whatever. And I go like, oh my God, how'd you raise them? You know, like, how do you raise five boys, you know, owning a surf shack, you know? And he's like, he's like, I don't know, man. He's like, I've had the same truck for 20 years. You know, he's like, you know, I don't, you know, we don't, we have a 1400 square foot house. He's like, we've had it, you know, and it's just how it is. Like people don't, people don't give a shit in Hawaii if you drive a Mercedes or if you drive a Toyota. Right. No one gives a shit what the size of your house is. It's crazy. It's so different from where we are here in the Midwest. Where it's like, wait, how, what kind of car you got? What kind of house you got? Like right. that's, I, it was so refreshing, man. It was really it's because cool. you live in fucking Hawaii. Yeah, and then you're like, I live in Hawaii. Fuck you, dude. So he told us about this secret beach. Oh, so we had to beach. walk through a, you had to like walk through a trail where I'm no, I'm not kidding, dude. So like Lauren and I were walking it, and the trail is maybe two feet wide, and on the left side you fall off of effing cliff that is like sixty feet high, and on the right side is like jungle. And you have to, like, literally walk through it. So we walked through it with our backpacks on and just followed this guy's directions, passing no trespassing sign, and literally found this beach, and it was the most incredible beach I'd ever seen, ever in my life. 
And the guy said where he goes, that's where they taped uh, Mystery Island. You ever hear that? Where it was like the guy with tattoo, boss, the plane, the plane, like that oh, yeah. scene. That was where they taped it. Oh, really? And when I looked back at it, I went Fantasy to Fantasy Island. Fantasy Island. Yeah. I went back and looked at that scene, and that was the beach. It's literally it. Like, literally, really? Yeah, all the same trees and everything. still all the same thing. Boss, the plane, the plane. It was so cool, man. It was so cool. Honestly. The food? Was the food weird? Or incredible. Food? The food was incredible, man. Like, super effing expensive. Settle in. You ain't getting out of lunch out of 80 bucks. Oh, really? Yeah, two people. One drink apiece, one sandwich each, $80. Nice. Food was great. So, like, they have a fish called Ono, O-N-O, okay. and it's incredible. It's so good. Like, so good. The shrimp was amazing. Uh, we never had a bad meal, but the number one thing I ever had, and I still remember it, and Lauren's going to laugh right now as she's listening to this part, is Street Burger. It was called Street Burger, and the place couldn't have been, but I don't know, not not too much larger than where we're at right here. And the place had like 12 seats in the whole thing, and it was incredible. It's the best burger I've ever had in my life, ever. It was cooked on an open wood pit. Okay. So it had like that smoked taste. But oh, yeah. Oh, my Oh my God. Oh, my God. It was so good I went there twice. I've never gone to the same restaurant twice ever on a vacation, ever. But you had to go twice. I had to go twice. It was the last meal we had. So good. Oh, my God. I'm dr- Better I'm, than a Frisco belt. I'm salivating right now. <laughs> oh, my God. You've never had a burger like this. I swear to God. Street burger. Spelled how it sounds. What was on it? Uh, the first one I did was just uh, blue cheese crumbles and oh, bacon. Nice. Uh, and then the second one I did was like this wild western one, and they were both incredible. They were honestly just incredible. It was it was the bacon was incredible, and the burger itself was amazing. All the cattle over there is grass fed too. Like I don't know, man. It was so good. Streetburgerkawaii.com. Yeah. Dude, check out oh my if goodness. you check out their mixtures oh. of their burgers, it's crazy. They have like all uh specialty burgers. It's yeah. Nuts, dude. It's nuts. Uh, and I endorse this live read because they're incredible. I would recommend that to anyone who goes to Kauai. Dang, man. Yeah. It's incredible. Oh, they're very own little hardies. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, hardies. <laughs> dude. Oh my god. No, so the food was incredible. We woke up every morning and like would go just look at the beach, watch the waves crash, man. Um, See, so, like here's why I like going to fancy places like you know where you go somewhere. I look at the, holy crap, man, that's a lot of dust uh, on my laptop. They have the uh, the crudo, which is um, ahi, Sicilian olive, burnt orange, Maui onion, red chili, batarga. Sure, these are like it's like an appetizer. I don't know. The fries were so good. And then the thing that Lauren loved the most about Street Burger was the ketchup was made there. And so was the ranch. I'm they, big on, okay, if you own a restaurant, and I've said it before, and you're not making your own ranch dressing, you are doing your customers a disservice. Oh, absolutely. Because craft ranch dressing sucks. Yeah. Homemade ranch dressing is delicious. Yes. Dude, homemade ketchup is delicious. I'm not big. I've only had one place uh, that has homemade ketchup. This... This makes all other ketchup taste like shit. Look at these onion rings. Dude, forget about it. The fries, too, and they gave you like nine pounds of it. I, I had changed pants after eating there. It was so good. To the point of stretchy pants? Yep. Yep. Maternity pants. Or a nice pair For of you. maternity pants. For you. Yep. Uh, fries and rings. Burger. Oh, here. Here we go. Burgers. Classic. Cheeseburger, hamburger, bacon blue. God, I love bacon blue burgers. Mm-hmm. So it was they're so simple. Good, so they're simple in... 
Um, and the fact that they, you know, you can get regular burgers, but they have... They have oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They have specialties and they're just regular stuff, yeah. See, I figured you I figured you would have gone maybe a little more Hawaiian as well. They have the, the Wailua. I thought about it. Crispy Spam, Jalapeno Pineapple Marmalade, Kabayaki Glaze, and Spinach. I'm a dork, dude. I totally wanted to try that one, the Spam one, but at one, I'd never had Spam before, and two, I was worried that my pants right, may not I've fit. never had Spam either in my life. Really? I, I was keep, hoping you were going to tell me. I keep hearing that just just try it and you and you you um fry it you fry it just I just guess. just get it crisp up on both sides and just see what it does for you obviously spam is huge in hawaii they have like 60 different flavors of spam in hawaii, in hawaiian grocery stores really yeah i will say it's also weird that people don't wear shoes in hawaii a lot of people just walk in and out of stores without shoes on i mean that's island life man. i mean yeah. it literally is island life like people honestly just are like, yeah, no worries, bro. Everyone is like that. Like, nobody gives a shit. It's so crazy. Oh, I would have been all over this. So what do you, you just, I guess you just pick your own. Oh, you pick your own meat. The Frenchie. Brie, caramelized onions, arugula, and garlic aioli. <laughs> Fuck me. Yeah. Yeah. So good, man. So good. I'm glad you had a blast. We had a blast, man. Honestly, I would, I would, I keep telling you, and I'm going to tell you until you go, like, and to anyone else listening that has not been to Hawaii, make, just give yourself a shot, man. If you're going to pay two grand or whatever you're going to pay to go to Florida, just go to Hawaii. Honestly, go. Save the extra money, you know. We're looking at going to Hilton Head. That'd be nice. It'd be great. Yeah. I'd rather go to Hawaii now. I, I, you would, it would, I don't, I don't know how to explain it. Like, Lauren and I both said the same thing. Never seen anything like it. And it's just more of everything. It's the atmosphere. Like I said, like it's like you literally, for one point in your life, literally just get to go full relax mode. Like because it is literally island. Like it is island life at its finest. It's really great. I would one hundred percent recommend it to anybody, without a doubt. I'm very happy for you. That's very very cool. Yeah, it was awesome. And it was your honeymoon, right? Yeah. We figured maybe we'll get to go in like ten years. Yeah. Again, take or e. Just... It'd be nice to go again. I just pull the trigger and do it. Yeah. Maybe it'll be easier when you're living in Los Angeles and you're big and famous. That'd be awesome. You mean when this show gets syndicated? Right. <laughs> the STL Happy Hour podcast when we, when, syndicated when we have, in Los Angeles. When we have more than 500 listeners. Yeah. Hey, 500 is <laughs> pretty good, man. It's not bad. It's pretty good. It's not bad. Speaking of that, thank you very much for listening. If you would like, and we're not wrapping the show up, just, I'm just saying thank you for listening. We are going to throw it to a break real quick, though. Uh, I would like you to come out and visit the future stars of tennis at the Edwardsville Futures 25K uh, Pro Circuit Tournament, August 5th through the 11th at the Edwardsville High School Tennis Center. Tennis players ranked over 250th in the world will be playing for a uh, for a $25,000 prize uh, at the Edwardsville High School Tennis Center. Some of the guys that have won this tournament, the guy who won it, Alpina, in 2016, mm-hmm. his name is Tennis Sandgren, T-E-N-N-Y-S. Good name. Good name I mean, for yeah, it. Yeah, if you if, if you're gonna play tennis, your name or if your name's tennis, you better play tennis. Uh, tennis made it to the uh, quarterfinals of Wimbledon this year. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty big. It's kind of a neat deal. Yeah. It's it's that's like awesome. it's like what you see on television. So if you're a fan of tennis, and plus it's super cheap to bring the fam. It's four dollars for adults. If you're a high school tennis player, or I think even a high school student, it's free to get in. That's really good. Everybody else is $2. That's great. People should come out. If you got the time, come on out. Come on out. It's a great time. It's a great event. 
Um, and uh, they do, and they just did, they do a great, great job. Uh, there's so what they do is they these kids come over from Italy and stuff, and they they stay with host families during during the week of the tournament. Sometimes they stay with the host family all summer long and just travel around to different tournaments. But they have a home that they can always come back to if they need to uh, while they're here in the states. But these are like you know eighteen, seventeen, eighteen year old kids from. Italy or France or England or anywhere, just anywhere in Europe or Asia. Right. And so they come over and they play in these tournaments and try to climb the ranks of the USTA. I mean, these kids will win USTA events. They'll win something. Yeah. So. They're talented. Extremely talented. I always talented. loved tennis. Always loved it. Roderick stood in against uh, my buddy Joe Roderick, who I do weekend uh, Joe with on uh, 590 The Fan. Saturdays from 11 to 1. Uh, Saturdays from 12 to 2. Sundays from 11 to 1 on 590 The Fan. Uh, he stood in against like the 600th ranked player in the world. How'd that go for him? Well, he kept he he was trying he was standing between the baseline and the and the fault line or you know the box for the, the serve box. Yeah, I don't know exactly what it's called. I should know that. Sounds fine. Serve box sounds nice. And the guy's like, you know, you need to you need to back up. You need to back up. And Joe's like, well, like back here behind the baseline. And he goes, yeah, just keep backing up. Okay. Uh. A serve came in and, and hit Joe on the forearm, and he he reacted about two seconds later. <laughs> yeah, if you're really good at tennis, like people are always like, "Oh yeah, they're not that good." It's like, dude, Serena Williams. Like, could you even imagine taking a serve from her? No, you wouldn't even see it. You wouldn't. Even, It'd be it, like taking a major. That's league what pitch. Joe said. Joe said, "I couldn't even see it." He goes, "You know," and I, he goes, "He finally." He said that the serve that came in, the, the first serve that, he, and the guy was taking it easy on him, came in at about 110. Like, have you ever tried to get into like a batting? Uh, like at a, you know, like where you go to a batting cage and try to take like an actual major league pitch, like when they're like fast, 75, I've never, I've 75 never, I've or 90. I've been chicken shit to do that. Got in there once, literally embarrassed myself. Like embarrassed myself. Once I can time. hit 60. I can hit 60, nothing to it. But you put me in that 75 plus and I, I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassing. There's all kinds of fun events for the kids. There's also some, uh, they, they do, um, they have a thing called Mission Friends and it's, they, uh, it's for, um, Developing disabled kids to come out and play it and learn to play tennis. Nice. And yeah, it's kind of a neat deal. It's really, That's really awesome. cool. You can get more information about the tournament at edwardsvillefutures.com. That is edwardsvillefutures.com. Back with more of the STL Happy Hour podcast on the St. Louis Podcast Network at stlpodcast.com right after this. Well, sometimes I go out buzzing and I look across the water. And I think of all the things what's going on. And in my head, I paint a picture. Since I come home, well, my body's. Andy, I got a really important question that I have to ask you. Have you ever done anything in another person's dream that has gotten you in trouble the next day? Uh, yeah. So, Lauren was angry at me the other day and you wouldn't believe why I cheated on her in her dream and she it, was not happy with me about it it just gets their their minds going <laughs> she woke up and she was not happy with me and I was like what is going on like how could you be upset and she started telling me that and I couldn't help but laugh I cheated on her in her dream. Have you ever done that to Kelly? Has she ever yeah. had a dream where she woke up and she's mad at you? Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh my god. And like it'll it's it's lasted for more than a day sometimes. Stop it. Yeah. 
Have you ever had it the other way around? Oh, yeah. Where you have a dream and then you're angry? Yeah. No, really? I'm, not, no I'm not angry. Oh, okay. It's a dream. Yeah. Didn't really happen. Yeah. <laughs> but we were arguing the other day. Yeah. Saturday was a fun day at the house. Yeah. And uh, I could have sworn she said, I guess I'll just go find someone else to do. And so, and then then we were talking the next day, she goes, and then you accused me of cheating. And the text, and I said, you said, I'll find someone else to do. She goes, I did not say that. (laughs) And I said, I know you probably didn't say that, but that's what I heard. Crazy lady. Uh, I, yeah, I, uh, okay. Other thought I wanted to ask you. Yes. What it take, this is like your first kind of take it or leave it without it being Feet on the mother effing windshield while someone's driving. Down. Drives me nuts. Put I hate it when she does that. F- it's so gross. Lauren doesn't do it, but it's like and it's we super, see people do and it's it. it's super dangerous. Well, yeah. If you're in an accident, it would crush you. It does. And I, I, a friend of mine, uh, her ankles did get crushed. Really? she was sitting like that. Yeah. Like we were driving to see that new Tarantino movie. We went and saw the new Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. And as we were driving there, I'm not kidding you, like... Some person had their feet up in the windshield while they were driving next, and it grosses me out, dude. It's so gross because you have like your nasty footprints up against the glass. Yeah, get your feet down. It's so gross. Kelly does so do it. Gross. it really? Yeah. Oh, drive me bananas. Drive me nuts. Oh, drive me Put your feet down. Put One, your feet down on the ground. Once upon a time in Hollywood, though, I need to go see. I uh, plan on it. Yeah, I'm a big fan of that kind of era yeah. of stuff. Did you know who Sharon Tate was beforehand? Yeah, you did. Okay. I knew about the whole story beforehand. I don't know yeah. what. Dude, I was such a weird little kid. Like, I was so, like, paying attention to that crap when I was way too young to be paying attention to that. Like, the Biggie Tupac murder, I could not have been more infatuated with that whole situation, like, when I was, like, 10. <laughs> like, I'm not kidding. Like, I, I remember I wrote something for, uh, I went to a Catholic grade school as a kid, and I was part of, like, the newspaper that they had that came out once a month or whatever. Yeah. And I wrote a story about the Tupac Biggie murder being all of, you know, you know, fake and stuff, and it was like 10. I don't know what the fuck was wrong with me. So, and I think we've talked about it either on this podcast or I talked about it with Berger or I talked about it on, on Nashit and Joshin before, but I forgot So I forgot where it was. But there was a reporter here in, the, in at, at uh, in St. Louis. He was the health... here. You talked here. Hillside Strangler? Or wasn't that what... Wasn't there a reporter that somehow knew the Hillside Strangler or something? With regards to... It's, a Charles, it's, Charles, it's part of the Charles Manson murders. Yeah, yeah, maybe that. I remember you talking about something about this. And so he was in his the later part of his career. He was the health reporter here at KMOV, the CBS affiliate here in St. Louis. Okay, mm-hmm. but in 1969 he was at KTLA in Los Angeles. Yeah, and so and it, it make, the Hillside murder makes sense. But anyway, his name was Al Wyman, and Al discovered evidence. That like led to Charles Manson being incarcerated. Yeah. Okay. This is all and, ringing bells. And what happened was is that they they were trying to they they couldn't they they figured out that the murderers had changed clothes somewhere yeah. along, but they couldn't find the clothes anywhere. And so what he did is he got back he he got in the he got in the very back of the news van. Mm-hmm. They left the gates of the of the house where all the bad stuff was happening. Started driving down the hill and he started changing his clothes. And when he was done changing his clothes, they stopped. Yeah, they could figure out the timing of it. They figured out the timing of it, and they got out, and they found the clothes. They found all the... How smart is that? Yeah. It's so simple, but so smart. 
He timed it out. How long it would talk, take to change? Does the movie is, does the movie focus around Sharon Tate and so that kind I of stuff? So I need to be I need to be careful here because I don't want to ruin anything for you or for anyone else. So I'm going to do this the best way I can. Well, here, hang on. The movie thing. has you literally see Sharon Tate for a combined eight minutes. You okay. see Charles Manson for a combined one minute, and you see Roman Polanski for like two minutes. So like, no, it does not. It revolves around. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's character, who is a 50s TV star and now is in the 60s and just trying to hold on to his career. And then his stunt double is Brad Pitt, who's just happy to be a stunt double, dude. He's just happy to live life and do that. And you follow their stuff more than anything else. Right. And then the ending, no one, you will never see the ending coming ever. It revolves around a true story or true elements. Yeah. Inspired by true elements. Yeah. Yeah. But it doesn't end the way you think it's going to end. I've already heard something, and I'm kind of upset about it. Well, that sucks that somebody did that to you. I'm I'm gonna, I, I'm that's gonna, why gonna, all I'm saying is is it doesn't end the way people expect it to end. That's all I'll say on, on the radio. I'm going to mute the mics, but, sure. I gotta, but I need some time kill music. So give me. Yeah, get us some time kill music. I, I thought the movie itself was great because and you I and really, I were talking. And I, and I, I don't want you to. Oh, I won't. I, I won't. don't want you to really confirm. I won't. Anything. Yeah. All I'll say is this: is that like Tar- this is like this is a Tarantino movie, but it's not done in Tarantino style. Like it has it has elements of Tarantino, but if you're looking for it to be a full Tarantino movie, it is not like a Tarantino movie, which is why I liked it a lot. I'm usually shocked at the ending of Tarantino movies. Such that's as, what that's the only thing that makes us a Tarantino movie. Is it like Django Unchained? It's the it, only that, thing. And, and Hateful Eight. What happens in those movies? It's the only way. All right, here's time kill music. Okay, so what I heard is inconsequential to the plot of the movie, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Yeah. Andy, uh, off the air, just took a second and wanted me to uh, not confirm nor deny, but kind of just let him know that it doesn't F up his movie. Uh, going experience. Yeah, I really wanted to know if, if if it was going to screw up the movie, and, for and it doesn't. What what he would, what you had heard is a thing, but it's 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 inconsequential. It's okay. a perfect way to put it to okay. the plot. Good. I, I thought the way that Tarantino did the movie was really well done because he, he did what he always does, which is put a Tarantino spin on it, and I thought it was really well done. I really enjoyed it. Leonardo DiCaprio was fucking hilarious. Brad Pitt was so funny. And uh, the script was great. The script was really good. I thought the whole thing was done really well. And Lauren seemed to have really enjoyed it. And I'll tell you what, everyone in the movie theater with us was 40 years old or older. I was shocked by that. We were the youngest people at Ronnie's at 7 p.m. on a Friday night to see this movie. I guess because the Sharon Tate murders was in 69, which a lot of the people that know that story are obviously older. Right. Because Lauren had no idea about it. Yeah, I mean, you got to think, you know, 1969, my dad would have been 17 years old. My mom would have been 15. So, you know, they were teenagers and they would have heard about all this stuff. My happening. dad was seven. Yeah. yeah. And so, and I, of course, you know, I've known who Charles Manson was my entire life. And, you know, I knew and I knew who Sharon Tate was. Um, did you read Helter Skelter? I did not read Helter Skelter. I kind of want to. I keep hearing like that's the book. Like if you're going to read a crazy ass book, like that's the book to read. But I also hear it's something you can't really shake. 
And I don't know if I could shake it. I don't know if I'd want to have to shake it. Like a Polaroid picture. Outcast. <laughs> I don't know. I if you don't enjoy the movie, I would be I would be very shocked. My buddy Tim, uh, my buddy Tim Little, who listens to this, him and I were talking, and I would have been super shocked if he didn't like it, which he liked it. And so I was for, shocked. For those who shocked. for those who don't know, Sharon Tate was married to Roman Polanski. It was who was uh, and actually I just googled it a little bit. So who it was her director and co-star in 1967's The Fearless Vampire Killers. On August 9, 1969, Tate and four others were murdered by members of the Manson family in the home she shared with Polanski. At the time of her death, she was eight and a half months pregnant with the couple's son. And Roman Polanski was not there. Correct. He was out of the, the country. Right. At the time. But yeah. they were neighbors with the Mansons. Correct. They they, they lived. They were Close. nearby. They were nearby. Manson, Manson was on like a ranch of some sort. Right. But no, he, they were nearby. But in the movie, Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt, or Leonardo DiCaprio plays the neighbor of Roman Polanski and Sharon Tate. So that's how like that becomes intersecting. You know what I'm saying? Like that's how this, that's how they make that a possibility plot. Gotcha. So anyway, I want to see it. It's probably the movie of the summer for me. Margot Robbie uh, looks exactly like Sharon Tate. Does she really? Unbelievable. It's incredible. Awesome. And God, is she beautiful. She is a babe. She's... I want to see that. And I want to see yesterday. I haven't seen yesterday the Beatles movie yet. Yeah, I'd like to see that too. Yeah. I saw the Elton John movie. We talked about that. Yeah, that was good. But yeah, it was pretty good. We enjoyed so. that. I don't know. I would totally recommend Once Upon a Time if you. Uh, yeah, you... we definitely on the uh, on the old to do list. All right. So uh, oh, hold on. Speaking of movies, do you call them coming attractions or previews? Previews. It's previews, right? Yeah. Who the hell says coming attractions? Like, do you notice they put that on the TV sc- or on the movie screen? Like coming attractions. It's like, dude, just say previews. Don't be an ass. I mean, you know why they're called trailers too, right? Because they, oh. they used to actually trail the movie. They used to show, you used to have to hang out at the end of the movie to see. Really? Like, yeah. Then they figured out that they could really get some advertising if they showed it before. No way. First movie to have an actual commercial in the previews. Do you know? No. No. What? 1986. I'll give you a hint. Seriously? That was the first time? 1986. Uh, backdraft? I don't know. Backdraft. Tom Cruise. Top Gun. Top Gun. It was a Diet Pepsi ad. Really? Yeah. That was the first one? The first time there was a commercial in the previews. Wow. Now that's all they are. 30 minutes of just shit. Are you going to see the new Maverick? That one looks good. Pretty excited. And he has not aged. Tom no. Tom Cruise has not aged. Neither is Brad Pitt. Neither of them age. Oh, Literally really? They just look the same. Leo really doesn't either. Nope. Leo looks the same, too. Leo's he did. 40 years old. He looks like he's 30. It's unbelievable. Leo's older than 40. Well, 42, whatever. He's older than that. No. Yeah. Come on, Leo's forty-two. Uh, born eleventh, nineteen seventy-four. November eleventh, nineteen seventy-four. He's almost, he's almost 45. forty-five. He's almost forty-five years old. He does not look forty-five. I'll tell you that. But he looks would you the same. He, would have been a movie he star. looks a little bit older than he did in Titanic. Sure. Well, he should. That was nineteen ninety-seven. Yeah, it was twenty-two eight. years ago. Yeah, he should look a little older. I don't know. Go see the movie. I 100% say it. Speaking of eras, though, because we were talking about, like, you know, 1969, if you had to pick an era to have been born in, like, if you had the option of picking your era of being born, which is impossible, obviously, which era would have been? I think that time frame. The 60s? Yep. I'm in. I, I, see, I'm, I'm a hippie child, too. I would be all I'm, about the 60s. I'm fascinated by things like the Kennedy murders and. 68 was a crazy year. And Martin Luther King and yep. the Chicago riots and the Democratic National Party. Yeah. 
and this music. I love the music of the 60s and 70s. Yeah, I think I would have picked the... Uh, I guess I would have probably picked the 60s. The 50s were too stiff for me, for my yep. personality. It's too stiff. It's too... And then uh, there's too much cocaine in the, in the 70s for me. Sure. <laughs> I'll take the 70s then. You can have the 60s. There you go. I'll take the 60s. I don't know. I, the 50s were too, like, uh, middle of America. We're perfect. Yada, yada, yada. I don't like that. The 60s were, like, the mind expanding. We're going to turn this country around. Yeah, I probably would have been... Uh, 60s or 70s would have been all my era. I would have liked that. Did we land on the moon? I think so. Don't you? I do. I mean, come on. That seems like a lot of work to not. Yeah. Although now you got me wondering. Are aliens real? Yeah. Okay, so we both agree on both those things. Yeah. I do think aliens are real. It, it, the universe is way too big of a place for us to be the only ones out there. Well, plus, I always say, like, our brain has a thing that it doesn't allow us to understand. Like, our brain gets to a certain point, and then we can't fathom things. Like, unfathomable things. Like, there are just things like that. Like, we can't fathom that there are aliens. I know people whose bubbles go from 270 to McDonald's, and that's it. (laughs) I believe in aliens, and I believe we definitely landed on the moon. Yeah. Because otherwise, dude, what do you believe in? At least in terms of them landing on the moon. Because otherwise, everything the United States has done could be a lie. The gentleman I was speaking of, of earlier... Says that we, there, it is impossible to have landed on the moon because of the Van Allen radiation belt. I don't know anything about that. So there's a just outside Earth's atmosphere. There, there's a huge radiation belt mm. that, if anybody would have traveled through it, they would have. So what about now? So no one's ever landed on it. Yeah, no one's ever been. Hmm. And yeah. this is the Van Allen. Van Allen. I like our audience to learn because I'm learning as you're telling it. Uh, V-A-N-A-L-L-E-N Radio I think it's It would have been better If it was called Van Halen Right Better The Van Allen Radiation Belt Is a zone of Energetic charged particles Most of which originate From the solar wind That are captured by And held around A planet By that planet's Magnetic field The discovery of the belts Is credited to James Van Allen Van Allen And as a result Earth's belts Are known as The Van Allen Belts Hmm so they make like a figure eight around the Earth, if you if you can kind of imagine it. They are not, and so I guess if they escaped, it looks like they can escape through the poles. Mm-hmm. If you I left, have, if dude, you, you got me now. You got me nervous. Like, did we not land on the effing moon? Don't Google it on. Don't YouTube it. There's all kinds of crazy fucks out there. Yeah, there's crazy shit too that says like nine eleven was a conspiracy and stuff too. There's all that crap too. I don't know. I don't. I try not to believe any of that stuff because, again, once you bo- once you open up that damn box, it's it's just one thing after the other. What can't you believe? And then it, it's just I don't, I don't know. It's kind of mind tripping. I kind of like it. But there's an inner radiation belt and an outer radiation belt. Ah, yes, belt. Ah, yes, the belt. Do you know your uh, Do you know your family's ancestry? Uh, mostly. Have you done the twenty three and me? My and mom that? did. Really, she did. did yeah, she, like she it? did. Yeah. But it was everything she knew. Really? Yeah. So what is you? What are what are you? French, English, German, Welsh. Jesus. Uh, just your European mutt. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Your dad? What about your? Oh, your dad didn't do it, I guess. Dad didn't do it. Mom's mostly French. Dad's mostly German. That's awesome. See, I don't yeah. know any of that. My dad was adopted. I have no idea. My mother, my uh, my mother's mother was one hundred percent French. So Lauren bought the twenty three and Me, and I'm scared to do it. Why? 
Because then isn't your DNA that's how they controlled get you. by somebody at that's some point? That's how they get you. Only if, they, if you only do something to get got. But it's, it is weird that they have it then. Does that not worry you? Yeah. Like, I want to know really bad. Because, like I said, my dad's adopted, and I have no idea even what my dad is. You should do it. I mean, look. I just don't want to have... be arrested for murder in 17 years that I didn't commit and be like the fugitive. You know? They have your thumbprint. They Harrison have your. Ford. They have. They have your. They have your retina scan. Tommy Lee Jones. Right. I didn't kill my wife. I don't care. Uh, you brought up a good point earlier. Speaking of '90s movies, what are your favorite Adam Sandler movies? Fugitive. By the way, Fugitive. If, Fugitive, if the Fugitive is on, I'm watching it every time. That is a that, awesome movie. And also the Hunt for Red October. Also an awesome movie. Vasily. Give me a ping. One ping only, please. Okay, so are Adam Sandler movies? Uh, obvious ones are o- very obvious. Happy Gilmore. Is that where, is that was that your idea? Was that was that the uh, the? Yeah, I wanted to topic? talk about it. Yeah. Okay. Well, okay, so here's the reason why. Let's give some background here. When we were in Hawaii, one of the mornings we woke up and we were having breakfast, and it's like because you're in Hawaiian time, which is five hours behind Central Time, right? Like shit's all messed up. So like Cardinals games would be playing at two o'clock in the afternoon in Hawaii, right? Right. So it's weird. So when you wake up at 6 a.m. in the morning in Hawaii, it's already, whatever, it's 11 o'clock here. And on TBS, they had the movie Click on. Sure. With Adam Sandler and Christopher Walken. And uh, I just started, like, thinking, like, I always try to think about topics for us to talk about when we do the show. And I was thinking about, like, Adam Sandler's done a shit ton of movies. Obvious statement there. But, like, which ones are his best ones? So, like, I started thinking. Uh, for me, it's obvious stuff. Happy Gilmore. Big Daddy. I love the Water Boy. Billy Madison, and I'll be honest, I'll be honest, these three, I liked all of them, even though a lot of people did not. Grown Ups, okay. Longest Yard, and Just Go With It. I liked all those. Ones I wasn't kind of a fan of, I mean, other than obvious ones, are like, I wasn't a fan of Blended with Drew Barrymore. Wasn't a huge fan, and it's really kind of sucked that I didn't like it. It was Anger Management one with Jack Nicholson. I liked that one. You did like that one. Uh-huh. I liked Anger Management. Okay. Um, let's see here. I'm looking at things here. I thought Click was good. It's sad. Click, yeah, Click is sad. I like now I pronounce you Chuck and Larry. That which could cute. never get made now. It would never get made no, nowadays. Couldn't do it now. Um, I also agree on, of course, Billy Madison and Happy Gilmore. I agree on Longest Yard. Um, Punch Drunk Love, awful. Never seen it. Uh, eight crazy nights, funny. See, I haven't seen some of these. Little Nicky, Little Nicky is funny to me for one reason only. Why? I have to readjust for a second. Go on and readjust. I knew this girl, and she worked. She worked for a guy that, that I did. That I did karaoke for for years, and, and uh, she kind of she kind of talked like Little Nicky. Really? Yeah. So it, <laughs> I think at some point in the movie Little Nicky, uh, somebody asked him what's wrong with him. He goes, well, he goes one time my, my, my mother or my father hit me in the face with a shovel. And that was such a weird movie. Little Nicky was so weird. Very strange movie. Anyway, that's how that girl talked. She was just kind of a... Uh, and we do we agree that Adam Sandler's funny? Yes. Okay, good. Because some people don't think he is. I think Adam Sandler's treated in the same way. I didn't light realize. Dane Cook is trained. How about Wedding him. Singer? 
Love Wedding Singer. Very, very small role in the movie Dirty Work. Dirty Work is a great movie. We both love that movie. Love Dirty Work. G7, Street Fighting Man. And then it's like, <laughs> if you want peanut <laughs> Dirty Work's a great movie. <laughs> Isn't that? Yep. Let's, uh, whatever her name is, the Vietnamese whore that bit my nose off. What's crazy, though, is like, I mean, I some of his movies, like, I never, I've, I've, I haven't seen so many of his movies. The Ridiculous Six, Sandy Wexler, never seen any of that. I haven't even seen the newest one on Netflix, Murder Mystery, which got all the downloads. Yeah. Have you seen that one? I have not seen that one. I haven't seen Benchwarmers, which I guess he's part of that in some way. I don't know. So something showed up on my YouTube feed this week. Bulletproof is a really good one. Is it really? Yeah. Him and Damon Wayans, 96. Uh, hang on a second. Here, I enjoyed Funny People. It's super fucking sad. But the one with him and uh, Seth Rogen, Funny People, where they play stand-up comedians, I was a fan of that one. Uh, I'm looking for something here. I always like Big Daddy. Big Daddy was a good one. Big Daddy's a good one. I wipe my own ass. <clears throat> and for right. the record, where did you work putting yourself through law school? Hooters. Hooters. <laughs> all right. Hang on. You, all right. Oh, here it is. Okay, settle down, prostitute. <laughs> now, understand that you each get $20, and this requires no sex. No sex at all, regardless of what this character tells you. What's the matter with you? With a much thinner Artie What's Lang. What's the matter? First, we spend most of the money my sister sent us for pops on this office, and now we're wasting the rest of it so you can impress some girl? No. no. This isn't for her. This <laughs> is so we can get a free commercial for dirty work on live television. And in five, four, three, two. Hello, everyone. I'm Anton Phillips, president of Phillips Motors. We're going to return in a moment to the Channel 11 movie matinee, but I'm right here with you live to show you a great batch of luxury automobiles like this one-year-old Cadillac DeVille, priced right at $36,000, fully loaded, V8 engine, standard, shock-resistant CD player, standard. Hey, the trunk uh, looks kind of small there, Anton. This is live. I'm on live TV. <laughs> <laughs> Trunk's fine. As you can see, friend, it's not small it's a big trunk i'll show you right here well you got a dead hooker in the trunk what no it can't be yes it was it was a dead hooker it wasn't a dead hooker hell i know a dead hooker when i see one what's <laughs> that's pretty good oh wait here's the dirty work but here's the one here hey mitch jimmy your new nose looks great thanks best two hundred dollars i ever spent <laughs> hey uh jimmy that girl you're with She's not the, uh... Yep. Lynn Young, the Saigon whore who bit my nose off. <laughs> We're getting hitched. <laughs> oh. Jimmy, let's go. Hold on. I'm talking to my friend here. Farley was Jeez. so good, too. One Sometimes of my favorites of all time. the hen who the rooster is. <laughs> well, good luck to you, Jimmy. Okay, Mitch. See you around. Blah, 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 blah. When I say let's go, you go. Yeah? Time you shut your cake hole, Yoko. <laughs> Women. 
Listen, don't ever talk back to me like that in front of my friends. You're making me really, really angry. Oh, that scares me. That scares me to death. Look. Oh, you bit my new nose off. <laughs> That's one of my favorite movies of all time. Dirty Work. It really is. It's like the most underrated movie of all time. Very underrated. That and Saving Silverman. Great movie. That's a great movie. I like that one, too. I'm also just a big Neil Diamond fan, though. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, the, those are my uh, those are all my Adam Sandler favorites. I love it. Anyway, Adam Sandler plays Satan in Dirty Work, uncredited. Oh uh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, you forget about that. I haven't seen that movie in so long now. Kind of I just watched me. it the other day. Uh, so I, I guess because I've been watching this, have you been watching the Loudest Voice on Showtime? No, but I I've got it taping at my parents' house. That's the one about, about Roger. Ailes. About Roger Ailes. It's incredible. I bet it was, dude. It's Russell Crowe. It's Russell Crowe. And that playing... story. What What an asshole. Piece of shit. I mean. Regardless if you like Fox News or not. Let's just put that out there. He could, if you wanted to blame our current political environment on somebody. Yeah. You could easily. Point mit- a finger in his direction. Point a finger in his direction. Sure. But because of that's kind of behind the scenes of news, I've been watching. We've and we've discussed this show too, but but watching scenes of the newsroom on yeah. YouTube. Yeah, love the newsroom. Again, just great Sorkin. I mean, uh, a lot of voices not Sorkin. Newsroom is Sorkin. Mm-hmm. Just incredible, man. He was a hell of a writer. And just the the, the he's a nut job in real life. He is oh, you have bat to, crap insane. To be Aaron that, Sorkin is bat crap. To be that creative and smart, don't you have to be totally batshit? I think so. I think the same way that if you met like Mark Zuckerberg who created Facebook, you would be like, this dude is Steve Jobs was nuts. Yep. Bill Gates was nuts. Yep. I think Warren Buffett's not as nuts. The Warren just knew how to invest. That's what Warren knew. So that doesn't make him a weirdo or an oddball. Oh, hey, Weirdo's back, the wrong term. Back to Adam Sandler for just a second. What's your favorite Adam Sandler comedy album? The one with the Hanukkah. Is that that was one I grew up with? Yeah, you know what I mean. What I don't know if that one's called. What the hell is wrong with me or something? Yeah, or they're all gonna laugh at you or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my favorite. Does that say one have Tollbooth Willie on it? I think so. Yeah, I just remember listening to that as a kid and thinking it was brilliant. Welcome to Worcester, dollar twenty-five, please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, you want me to take it or leave it? I think we have one more, don't we? I don't know. I don't know. Let's see. We have about 10 minutes left for the show is what we're going to do, what we decided. Uh, oh, what would you oh, rather no. be? Yeah, yeah. World famous, World famous athlete, musician, or movie star? My question, my initial lead-off question for you is, with the Cardinals Hall of Fame induction ceremonies coming up here in the middle of August, yeah. end of August, mm-hmm. <clears throat> what would you rather have? A Cardinals red jacket? Or a master's green jacket? Uh, master's lives on forever. I'm, I would be master's. Because that is such a incredible feat. Uh, all, you know, absolute respect for the Cardinals red jacket, but I would be master's. I would want the master's green jacket. Yeah. Exactly. The Augusta Pines. Ah, yes. The Georgia Pines soaring high over the nursery. Yes. Mm. It's a tradition unlike any, any other. other. 
Yeah, I would take this jacket. I would. But not by much. I'm saying 51-49. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Because to be part of the Cardinal Hall of Fame is effing special, man. It is. So we're, we... Um... I mean, that's one of the best sports franchises in the history of all sports is the St. Louis Cardinals. So to be a Hall of Famer in, for the Cardinals is incredible. I have a I have an unpopular opinion. Here we go. And a hot take Uh-oh. on this. I think that by um inducting four people a year, we're going to it's going to be overloaded. They're diluting the value of it. That's true. Can I in general I think everything is diluted nowadays. Like everything because of like our phones, the computers, everything's going on like does anything stay in your mind more than a day? Honestly, does anything stay in your mind for more than a day? We are literally inundated with shit coming at us all the time from every angle and every direction because like texting allows people to literally be talking to you all the time. Yeah. Before you'd have to make a phone call and it was like, well, do I really want to talk? What are we going to talk about? But a text is like literally somebody could be zinging them at you. And then Facebook, you have 50,000 things going down or Twitter, 50,000 things. Instagram, nothing, nothing. Everything's diluted nowadays. Yeah. Everything. I'm not saying that it's not worthy, and I'm not saying that that people that that have earned it are are not worthy of it, and that it's still no, not, and not. that is that it's still, and that it's still of extremely high honor to receive from the organization and from the fans. Like we, um, uh, I sold a remote to uh, Sunset Hills Country Club last nice. week, nice. and so we did so we did a show from there last Sunday, and we're sitting we're sitting in the lobby of the clubhouse, and in walks Isringhausen. Ah. He's a member out there. Yeah. He lives here in town. He was out there playing golf with his buddies. And uh, he sat down with us for a couple of minutes because he, he knows me and Joe. Yeah. And, uh, you know, of course, the question is that, you know, Danny Mack asked him the same question during the uh, during the Scoops Live thing that I take for them here at Hot Shots in Edwardsville. Um, but uh, what, um, you know, are you nervous? Are you, are, you, are you, you know, how do you feel about going in? To the Cardinals Hall of Fame, he's, of course, you know the answer is he's, he's extremely honored, as he should be, sure. and very, very well deserving of it as well. Yes, um, one of the best relievers. You know what? He, he, he'll talk very. Can- if you ask him, he'll talk very candidly about the booing and the things that happened at the end of his career here in St. Louis, and some of the unfortunate things that happened. St. Louis Cardinal fans, while we are gracious. And while we are great fans, you know, not to pat ourselves on the back too much, uh, there are times we are a little fickle. A little fickle. A little fickle. Yep. Um, People live and die by Cardinal Red. They just do. They really do. And you can't change that. Cardinals are as synonymous with the city as the arch are. The arch is. Excuse my math. Or my math. My English. I swear to God I was listening to a Sports Open Line on KMOX the other night. And somebody asked if if Tommy Edmond was related to Jim. <laughs> for the record, the last names are not spelled the same. No, they're, the they're not. They're not even close. Uh, One time I was walking. So this this was probably two thousand four, two thousand five. Remember Del Pietro's down on Hampton. Love it. Yeah. Is it still there? No, it's gone. Now it's a salt and smoke. Oh, okay. Oh, is that where the salt and smoke is on Hampton? Yeah. Is it Del it. Pietro's? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Right there next to DeBerg. It's right there. I didn't realize it was Del Pietro's. Yeah. Anyway. And then it was Matthew's Kitchen, and now it's Salt and Smoke. Okay. Walk it in there in some old bag. Says, did you hear what they did to that Walter Hagen? I'm like, what? What are you talking about? 
It was the day they had fired Wayne Hagen. Oh, okay, Wayne Hagen. Different, yeah. I mean, Walter Hagen, world-famous golfer from the 40s. Sure. Wayne Hagen, fill-in, broadcast between Jack Buck and John Rooney on KMOX. Right. Who I thought Wayne Hagen was actually very good on, on Cardinal Broadcast. I don't ever remember disliking anything about him. Yeah. Not of anything to remember. No. I don't think I don't think him and Shannon got along. Well, and that'll be a death sentence for yeah, you that's, in this that's, town. That's, yeah, that's done so. Anyway, but you just... Don't be an idiot. You can't help fans, man. Fans are going to be fans. Wherever, I know. No matter the sport, no matter where you're located. Like, there's idiot Dodgers fans and idiot Yankee fans, and there are overzealous Cardinal fans and overzealous Cubs fans. It's just what it is. It's just part of the game. I was doing it with them with Danny Mack one time. And uh, people were coming up and asking for his autograph. Danny Mac. Yeah. Nice. I said, that's how you do it. He goes, ah, you know, he goes, I'm the luckiest guy alive. He is. He goes, it's just, he goes. The greatest job yeah, he goes, is he calling says, Cardinal He games. says, I have the greatest job in the world. He goes, you, it, just, it just comes with the territory and you just go with it. Isn't and it you, the greatest job in the yeah, world, though? he goes, and you just be happy and you just be polite and you just say, thanks so much. You get to watch one of the greatest sports franchises yeah. in the history of all sports. Yep. Every night and you get to call their game and be around the players and the in the team and the coaches and the fans and you're in all these beautiful stadiums and you oh, yeah dude forget about it. Danny Mac's job is and he deserves and, it cuz he's great at it. And I was I was shocked that he said that. Cuz yeah. after 20 after 20 plus years of calling Cardinal games you figured God, he'd been that long already? Yeah, I mean he was I mean he was working for Fox Sports Midwest back in the late '90s, and he was kind of just do, kind of doing filling. I guess he probably started doing the doing it full time. Wow, mid two thousands, around around when Joe Buck left. Yeah, yeah, he was to go to, go to Big Fox. Yeah, wow. And yeah. I was and I was I was shocked by the answer. I was expecting to say, "God, these people are just." Oh. I don't know. I th- I love his personality. I feel like and that would be he it. totally. And I was I always liked the guy. Yeah. I liked, him, like I liked him even more after he said that. I was like, that's really kind of cool of you, man. Yeah, how could you not? Yeah. So, if you if you had to be a world-famous athlete, yep. musician, movie star, author, broadcaster, or television star, let's just take those. Those are your world-famous options. What would you be? If you had to pick one. The one where I would be least recognized the most is an author. Okay. That's the one you'd want to be? Uh-huh. I wouldn't want I wouldn't want the fandom or the or you know, I would want to be able to walk down the street. You wouldn't want to lose and, your anonymity. Correct. Correct. God, it'd be really tough for me, oh, like see, like I would love like when I go to concerts, I think how amazing is this feeling that these people get to go out on stage and bring whatever they're bringing to all these people you know what i mean like bring the magic although a movie like being in a movie oh, i don't know man i think uh but an athlete if you had to be a star athlete what kind of star athlete would you be like would you be a golfer or a baseball player I mean, golfer is such a you know i mean i'm sure everybody expects me to say a golfer like for me i think i'd pick baseball gymnast gymnast Stop it. Cross country skier? Stop it. Maybe. Win the tour win the tour de France without cheating. <laughs> Good luck. 
No, I would pick baseball. Football, you're going to be, your brain's all beaten up. I think in order to be world famous, you need to be a soccer player. Uh, that's fair. That's fair. Like a Ronaldo type of deal. Yeah. But see, they, they mean nothing really here in the United States. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. That's interesting you picked author. I could, I, if you would have given me all those guesses for you, I would have said that would have been your last one. Really? Yeah. I like, I like my anonymity. I would have thought, and you, would I don't, have picked, and, I thought you would have picked broadcaster, honestly. Well, I mean, again, that's an obvious. Yeah, no, that's fair. It's like, no. you know, broadcaster, that golfer. That you that I didn't know. World famous door salesman. There you go. <laughs> That'll keep your anonymity. Exactly. Keep your anonymity. Oh, boy. Another episode in the can, brother. Nailed it. 18. I think it's 18 or 19. I think it's 18. We're getting close yeah, to 20. It is 18. We're getting, getting very close to 20. Slowly but surely. Hey, getting there, man. I like this once a month during the summer. Yeah. Because it's, 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 summer's busy, man. There's a lot going on. Yeah, once, yeah, once football season rolls around. And... Dude, on Monday nights, we'll have Monday Night Football. Yep. God, we'd love to find a place to do the show from. That would be great. It would really expand the show, too. I love expanding stuff. Uh, what do I want to say? Oh, I want to show you where you can find us. You can find us at stlpodcast.com. That is the St. Louis Podcast Network website. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Stitcher, and on Google Play Music. Just search STL Happy Hour. Hey, do us a favor. Share the episode. Share it with your friends. Tell a friend about it. And then that person tells a friend. And another one. And then another one. And then next thing you know, it's six degrees of Kevin Bacon. Pretty much. So tell your friends about the show. Just share it once. All you got to do is share it once. And we get one additional listener. That's great. Or share it with Kevin Bacon. Or share it with Kevin Bacon. That works too. For John Alpina Sandner, I'm Andy Hanselman. And you've been listening to the STL Happy Hour Podcast on the St. Louis Podcast Network. <laughs>